let's talk about it. everyone and welcome back to another episode of Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. So let's get into it. Today we're joined by a special guest. You know them, you love them. Today we've got Doug. Hello. Hey Doug, how you doing? I'm good, just relaxing a little bit, talking to you fine gentlemen. Oh good, 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 good. So Doug, we brought you on for a very specific reason today because you are known by another name online and at certain locations uh, in person, or or would it be more appropriate to say in Pupson? Yes, that is correct. I also go by Gur or Pup Gur, depending on which you prefer. Because mm, you're a little puppy dog, and mm. I have so much pleasure. When it comes to pups, I just think they're the most precious beans on the planet. I just want to give everyone tummy rubs. Um, and that's the theme of today's episode, everyone. We're talking about pup stuff. So get into it, goddammit. Um, pup everything is kind of everywhere at the moment. I feel like it's um, people probably treating it like the kink equivalent of drag. Like it's very in fashion to be a pup at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's very popular. Um I first kind of heard about it slash got into it years ago when one of my friends was like, I think I'm getting into this thing, pup play, you know, and I saw him in his hood and I was like, oh, that's really cute. Like you're a little puppy. I like that, you know? And um, so naturally as the years went on, I got more and more into it. And um, yeah, as of almost two years now, I have been a pup, pupker. No, that's fair. I I love that that was sort of the introduction for you. So do you feel that, um, like, what came first for you? Like, would you say it was the pup stuff that came first? Or was it like the gaining? Which came first? Or did they, did they kind of come together? That's a really good question. Because my history with gaining has been way longer, like, since I can remember, almost, there's been some little aspect of gaining in my life like I remember being very very little and seeing cartoons that obviously you guys have touched upon this in other episodes cartoons where people gain weight rapidly or something like that and I remember being like I just want to be a big person I don't want to be little you know I don't want to be like the quote-unquote norm of people in society I wanted to be a larger person so as I got older I started to get more into that and I finally just was like fuck it I'm gonna enjoy it and get big and then the puppy stuff came a little later nice so tim yes you're a puppy i am do you, do you have a cute little name i do um it's pup spotty it was going to be pup spot but that didn't quite roll off my tongue the way i wanted it to so it was pup spotty which um i i called myself that because i used to paint a black spot over one of my eyes to sort of distinguish myself from everybody else and I really love bull terriers like Frank and Weenie. So that's where that came from. And uh, I was introduced to it um, at a leather convention. I had no idea that it was a thing, um, but I'm walking through like the ballroom where some of the um, vendors are at and where some of the shows are being performed. 
and I see this roped off area. It says puppy play area. And I thought, wow, people bring their dogs to this kind of thing. Like I didn't, I didn't think that people would want to bring their dogs to this kind of thing. And then someone says, no, no, sweetie, you'll, you'll see. And a couple of puppies came out, which were these two men in singlets and they got down on the floor. They had gloves and knee pads and they both had pup hoods. One of them had like this really intricate collar and they started playing with each other. And I looked at it and I was like, huh, that's different. Am I, am I into this? And (laughs) then quickly discovered, yeah, I, I am actually into this. And the very next year was the first time that I came out as a pup and did my thing in the mosh pit. And, uh, that, that first one that I went to where I discovered it, there were only two puppies. The second year, there were like 15 of us and it just kept growing every year. I think the last year that I went to, there were over 60 of us. Wow. So, yeah. I can't wait to be able to do some of that stuff. Once this pandemic finally levels out a little bit, just got my booster. Everyone get your shots, please. You've never moshed before? No. And I really want to. Oh, it's a lot of fun, but it is dangerous. Let me tell you everybody this pup is a contact sport. <laughs> like it is a workout. It's a contact sport. You are with very little protection on your body. I mean, you're supposed to wear um, gloves that will cushion your knuckles and knee pads just for, you know, you just, you don't get any excoriation, but um, yeah, other than that, you are down on the mat with people who could be three times your size. And I have been tackled by more than one Husky puppy and <laughs> felt it the next day. So but in the moment, it's all great, you know? Yeah, it's great in the moment. <laughs> it just hurts like hell afterwards. Well, a lot of things are like that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, Tim, you say, you know, just be mindful because you've been tackled by, you know, puppies three times your size. But, you know, Doug, you're quite a, a, a quite an overfed little puppy. <laughs> a little bit. Yes, I uh, you could say that. Yeah, you could just a say that. Bit. Bitch, just I've seen bit. you in those wrestling singlets. Come <laughs> Like looking like you're smuggling a motherfucking beach ball watermelon situation. Like, oh, stop. You're being truthful. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of curious. How does your pup identity inform your current approach to gaining? Well, my boyfriend actually is uh my handler and um actually my feeder and encourager also he started out as my handler and feeder encourager and then gradually a relationship kind of progressed so now we are together doing that so that's fun when i but that's not like the entirety of our relationship that's a very small point in it like we do a lot of stuff outside of that but i enjoy being very submissive as a puppy and i enjoy being submissive as a feedy like you know, being told eat this, you know, eat it now, eat it this amount. <laughs> and it's just, it's, I feel like it goes hand in hand a little bit. It's just sort of the Dom sub aspect of it. Absolutely. And the gainer feeder aspect of it as well. It's just very cohesive. And we've talked before about how many of the gainer uh, or the gainer um, tenants fall within the umbrella of the BDSM right. community, you know, at some point it's going to come down to who's more dom who's more sub and mm-hmm. that can be in, in a multitude of scenarios do you find that certain pieces of pup gear will increase your desire to eat and grow 
Well, as you mentioned, I am a fan of wrestling singlets and spandex and lycra and all that sort of very tight, clingy attire. So usually I will enjoy wearing a singlet and just kind of seeing how round I actually look in them because obviously it's hugging everything the way it should. So (laughs) that is one of the things that I really enjoy wearing. I have some uh, neoprene harnesses to go that match my hood, things like that. Um, Jock straps can be hot when you're being fed, just wearing a jock. My thing has always been latex. I fucking love the feeling of latex. I would like to get into latex and rubber. I'm just so fucking ungodly hairy that it scares me. (laughs) You would have to lube the hell out of yourself. Yeah, you would definitely have to. I would just get a bucket of J lube. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, funny enough, the vest that I have, the latex vest I have, I don't lube up before I put that on. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a problem. So look into something like that. Because it zips straight down the front. So even if it got uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I could unzip it immediately. Right. I, I wouldn't do that if it was like a, a leather, I mean, a latex tank top or something like that. Right. That would be a bit more constrictive. Yeah. I, tr- I tried to put on one of my friend's uh, latex tank tops and I got it just right where my chest hair starts. And I said, nope, take it off, get it. Not happening today, no, no, no. What do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about the pop community in general? Hmm. I would have to say that we are all these little sub, you know, playful little puppies. Like some puppies are very dominant and very alpha. Like that is, alphas are alphas. You don't <laughs> fuck with them. They tell you what to do. <laughs> Damn Skippy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's one of the things that I feel like a lot of people, well, a lot of people, you know, they see mostly the cute little puppies that are, uh, you know, oh, just give me a treat. Give me a belly rub. I want to, want to, you know, but I really think that there's a lot of different shades to being a puppy that a lot of the times people don't see, especially because a lot of the times it's behind closed doors and people aren't as comfortable showcasing that, especially on social media platforms. Hmm. So, I mean, for myself, because I, I have a hood myself and I've played around with, with pup stuff for myself, I'm looking to explore it a bit. Um, hello, you can call me Axel, um, <laughs> because, you know, I had to... Acqu- you know how many puppies I know with that name? That is a very popular name. I, I can imagine, um, but I describe it because I'm so femme, uh, that it's more like triple Axel, like a, like a pirouette type of situation. I love that. But, you know, that just means I need to fit into a triple XL so I can be literally triple XL. There you go. Branding. It's all about branding. You know, it's the the picture paints itself. Um, But, you know, for people like myself who maybe aren't as well aware, what are some of those things that people don't know too much about? Well, in my case, I don't really know. I'm pretty open with all of my kink stuff usually. Sorry, I'm trying, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Well, one thing that I was going to say that they need to, um, you know, like a big misconception that they need to stop with is that this is some sort of bestiality thing. That definitely. It's, it's very popular for people that. outside the community to look at it and be like, you're acting like an animal. Does that mean you want to have, that, that you want to fuck an animal or that your partner mm-hmm. wants to fuck an animal? Like, why are you doing this? And then I had one woman who really just did not get it. And she was like, why would you want to put yourself in a subservient, like slave headspace kind of thing? And I was like, well, one, don't judge a kink. Two, I don't actually do that. Like me, when I'm in pup headspace, 
I'm not in the, I'm not taking a, a like submissive, I'm a slave role. That's something that's totally different. And, you know, kudos to the people who want to do that too, because that's also valid. But um, my headspace is just more about, you know, the fun. It's more about like feeling affectionate. It's more about, you know, being what a puppy is, a cute little ball of love and fluff. It's not, yep. it, it has it really doesn't have much to do with sex at all for me. In fact, I never really involve sex with my puppy. I, I know people who do, but I don't. Yeah, my headspace is very similar. I just like to be cuddled and held and rubbed and just cocooned. Like, I like to just lay on top of someone and watch TV for like an hour or two and just have them gently like scratch my back or rub my head or, you know. You you and my beta pup have that in common. My beta pup <laughs> loves that. <laughs> oh yeah, where do I sign up for this? Because I think that's definitely <laughs> pup proclivities as well. Um, I, I want to throw this out there just because I think this is another one. Like, what is the difference between pup and furries? Is pup like you know uh, the gateway drug into furry stuff, or is it completely separate? Like, what's what's the deal there? I feel that. They're completely separate um, entities. Being a furry is its own thing. You know, they have their personas where they can be, they're basically kind of creating, which again, puppy is kind of the same way. You're creating a different persona for yourself, but it's in a different style, in a different way. When you're a puppy, you're still technically you, you're human quote-unquote human but when you're a furry and you're in your fursona you are that animal that you are portraying you are a fox you're a wolf you're blah blah blah. you know so how do you feel about this analogy if furries are method actors pups are improv actors that's very very accurate yes i like that a lot actually because you like you said you do you are still a human being and you're still obviously spatially aware as a human being like you know like you're not going to be so into your headspace, or at least I hope you wouldn't be so into your headspace that you would go do something really stupid or dangerous right. you know, or get yourself seriously injured. You know, even when I've been in a mosh pit situation, if I see something unsafe happening, I'm still aware mm-hmm. of it and I will still bring it to someone's attention. Now I'm not, I might not stand up and say, Hey, this is happening. I might, if I'm in headspace, go over to a person who is a handler and kind of like, you know, scratch at them to get their attention and try to like direct their attention to what's going on. Right. Wrangle the puppies. It's your job. Go do it. Yeah. Okay. So another comparison in my mind, and maybe just because I've been seeing Hawkeye recently, the TV show, um, maybe the furries are like movie actors and then uh, pups are like the LARPers in the park. That's, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Also, I love that. It's just that scene of like Jeremy Renner, uh, like slow walking through the park, just like nonchalantly murdering everyone with like a ridiculous foam sword and everyone just in the most dramatic way possible, like, like slain and thrown to the ground. I don't know. It was camp and I loved it. So good. I know. (laughs) Um, We've actually talked about something like this in a previous episode. Um, a lot of kink communities will do events that focus on charity and community support. What does pup community stuff tend to lend itself towards? Um, 
I personally have not yet been involved in any of these things, but I would like to say they should do something for animal shelters. Like it always is. I can tell you from experience (laughs) with all the events that I've been to, it's usually um, sponsoring a local uh, pet shelter or a kennel or Mm -hmm. the city kennel, you know, it's always something that is to, to to donate to, um, you know, improve the quality of life for animals. And that's good. We need more of that too in our lives. I mean, people, yes, we need to take care of them also, but the animals, man, there's so many animals that need good homes that just get, I don't even want to go into it because I'll cry. (laughs) I mean, I I guess they also will occasionally link up with like, so if, because, you know, pup is so tied to leather. Oh yeah. If the event that is going on is sponsoring a particular charity or many charities, they'll usually go along with that too, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's usually not somebody (laughs) and I hate to put it this way and I can only say it for my community. I can't say it for pup communities across the world, but for my community, when you let the pups get in control of everything, it all kinds of goes to shit. So (laughs) they need to link up with people who have experience and who have done fundraising. So it's usually we just tack on to whatever charity they choose. Well, it seems like a lot of pups nowadays are more on the younger scale yeah, too yeah. age range wise so it would make sense that a lot of the events like that would be run by leather communities because those have more generations in them involved and there's more you know lineage and heritage going on there yeah we, we were kind of saying this before um that pup really does seem to be quite popular these days you know i think if you look at the different you know, non-gainer kinks that people tend to engage with on Grommer and on different gainer forums, like Puppy is kind of the number one. Why, why is that? I feel like it's just a very easy to get into kind of kink and fetish, just like it's not too extreme as it's BDSM light almost. Like you can take your time with it. You don't have to rush into anything. Like it took me years to get a hood and a pupsona, I guess, as I don't know if that's the term, but it's my term for it. But it took me years to be comfortable with being a pup. It took me from, God, I must've been like 18 or 19 when I first found out about it. And now I'm 25. So someone else do the math. I failed it in college. So that number of years. Um, but it seems like, yeah, that would just be a good starting point for people. And then you can, because it's so integrated in all these different areas of kink, you could go into rubber, leather, all these sort of different variations of kinks from pup. You can just piggyback into other things. Interesting. I agree with that. I think it is very, very accessible. It is the least amount of rules when it comes to um, something that is in the leather community because leather itself kind of seems like a juggernaut at times. There are rules for being a sir. There are rules for being a boy. There are rules for being a master and a slave. And these are things that people have to work to accomplish. Whereas pup, all you have to do is say that you are one and who can argue with that because it's what you feel. It's something that you're interested in. And, you know, you need a very minimal amount of gear and it's usually much cheaper than buying a leather set of formals or a whole bodysuit made out of rubber. And I think too, that, um, for some, you know, like uh, the pup headspace is a great headspace to inhabit. And I feel like a lot of people who may have some social anxiety or trouble connecting with people when you're in a pup headspace, you're not thinking about 
social etiquette. You're thinking about, I'm a puppy, I want to have fun, I want to play. And I've seen people who are like intensely shy when they're out of the hood, when they're just in their regular life. And then once they're on the mat in the hood playing around, you'd never know they were shy, never, because they become totally extroverted. And I think that's another reason why people are often drawn to it. It gives them the freedom to not have to worry about all of that and just focus on having fun. Yeah, actually, when you talked about going from being this shy person in their everyday life to being this playful little puppy is exactly how I feel when I do it. Because when I first started, I was very shy and I would not talk to like anyone, even online, I was very shy. But since I've gotten more comfortable with being a puppy and being in this headspace, I've kind of integrated the headspace a little bit more into my real life. And it's benefited me because I've been more outgoing. I've been more spoken and I've done things like get on a podcast and talk about it with people. So that's just, it's opened a lot of doors for me personally that I really enjoy. And I hope that it keeps doing that as I go forward. Oh, I like that. And I like that Pup has done so much for the both of you. And Pup also presents that opportunity to people. I think sometimes we we talk on the podcast about people's willingness to engage with other people. And we talk about, you know, the ways in which people can become more comfortable. And I think we often come back to this point that when it comes to community in gaining, like there's only so much you can do before you just kind of have to force yourself to meet people. Like at that point, that's all that's left to do. You just need to go ahead and do that. So maybe pup is something that more people should consider as an icebreaker, as something to play around with, both in the headspace and outside of it, to kind of become a little bit more comfortable with things. Um, I know that I really enjoy putting my hood on, you know, the the times when I do do it, it, it really does kind of give me this whole, because my face is for the most part concealed and everything is kind of like the, the tightness of the hood creates this like pressure around my head where I feel like I'm wearing this mask that you can't tell that it's me. So it almost gives you this immediate permission to not to say act a fool, but you know, it gives you this permission to more so play around and, and do all that stuff. So I, I very much agree. And I think it's, it's, it's a lot of fun from that regard. Um, but to turn the tap perhaps on the slightly more uh, problematic, what is the largest issue facing the pup community? Or rather perhaps the largest issue within the pup community? Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, good question. Um... Well, one of the problems, I think, you know, Tim kind of talked about it, the idea of bestiality being correlated with it, and that's not true at all. And that needs to be <laughs> disbanded from people's minds because it, it, it does not connect. It's not really part of it. As for inside the pup community, luckily, everyone I've met so far has been just really nice and open and talkative. But I mean, like with anything, there's going to be problems. There's going to be people that, you know, they see things their way. No matter what you say is not going to change their mind. They're going to think 
how they think forever. It's the way of the world, unfortunately. So you just kind of have to take that as you go with it and move on and enjoy your own vibe of being a puppy. One thing I've noticed that is a big problem in my community specifically is a lack of mentorship because I see sometimes new puppies coming out at like 18, 21, whatever. They have no prior experience because they were exposed to it in in, in, in various forms and they haven't really had anyone to talk to about it. And I think back to a specific incident that happened at a claw here in Cleveland. Um, We got kicked out of the hotel forever because of what the puppies were doing. And You know, no one really took aside these ones that were causing the problem and being like, hey, look, I I know that we're at a kink event, but you're still in a public space and these are still employees of this hotel. And if they see things that they think are too weird, too bizarre, too whatever, they are not going to be okay with it. And what was happening was the puppies were getting rambunctious and they were doing inappropriate things, like not sexual, but just like roughhousing and being... um, a general nuisance in the lobby of the hotel, you know, and no one came along to say, Hey guys, if you're going to do this stuff, you got to do it in private or you got to take it somewhere where, you know, no one else is. And yeah, we actually got kicked out of the hotel for that. Um, <laughs> I think that those of us that have been in the community and I'm, I'm guilty of not doing this, of not taking them aside and talking to them because I, I am sort of a self-proclaimed alpha and I have been doing this for 10 years. So I need to step up and start offering mentorship. The problem is, is that unfortunately my community is extremely clicky and it's the only leather community I've been to where that happens. I don't know why Cleveland is clicky, but it is. And uh, a friend of mine and I are trying to work it out, but like, it is so hard to, it's like herding cats. Like I know we're talking about pups, but it's honestly like herding cats and <laughs> I'm working on it, but <clears throat> I do think that that's that's one of the biggest problems within the community is not enough mentoring of the younger people coming mm. in and right. and just you know not telling them what to do but just being like hey you're still a human being you still have to have some etiquette you still have to behave like you're a human right so you're a puppy but not everyone is you have to yeah you know you still have to integrate with the rest of society exactly <laughs> Well, I mean, on that subject of mentorship, you know, Tim, you and I have talked about this a a number of times. This is one of the things that we think the gaining community is in desperate need of is mentorship, is genuine passing down of information. You know, Gromer has been around for a decade officially, but the gainer community has existed for decades prior to that. And yet nowhere online is there a compendium of like the best gain of recipes nowhere online is there a list of like guys be aware of like these relevant health changes that will probably crop up if you you know emphasize your con- your consumption of sugar dairy salt and everything else like everyone's kind of discovering everything for the first time constantly over and over and over again there is this constant uh discovery of information but no one writes it down everyone like hoards everything for themselves and i i don't know that doesn't it doesn't make sense to me i often reflect on you know we we had this conversation recently we filmed an episode um about vegan and diet conscious gaining you know when i started gaining no one was talking about eating avocado no one was talking about eating jack shit it was all like junk food or nothing 
if your gainer shakes didn't have like a quarter cup of vegetable oil in it, were you even trying? You know, like a gainer's best friend is pizza and burgers and that's it. Like the fantasy is there and it makes sense based on the calories that we know that's in those items. And yes, they taste good, but some of us don't necessarily want to pig out on junk food all the time. I personally happen to enjoy salad. And I understand I am the butter queen. That's heresy coming from my lips, but it's true. God damn it. I like salad and he can't stop me from eating it. But like, nobody talks about that. And then you as an individual have to come upon that truth of your own accord. And then if you talk to anyone else about it, they'll probably say something like, well, yeah, duh. Just eat a salad if you want to eat a salad. And it's like, where, where was the heads up? Where was the advice? Where was the communication or just someone pulling me aside with all of my butter posts and saying, Hey James, look, we love this content. This is great. But also just remember salad. So I don't know. I think it, we, we could use a lot more mentorship and I really want to put this out there to you both. What do you think is the first step that we need to take as individuals to make that happen for both the gaining and pup communities? Well, for gaining, I really like the idea of having some sort of compendium of knowledge where people can put information that they have learned and their experiences with that. You know, it just seems like it would be so much easier to get through to people. And that way you could just say, hey, like a forum of just, which I feel like grammar should be like that, but it's kind of not it's more of a self-promotion thing but well i feel like they tried to do that with the history yeah. tab you know mm -hmm. to show us how we got to grammar the website Which but i enjoyed that i enjoyed reading that and being like oh this is really cool hearing the history of what was before even grammar before all of these different sites that were out there and i feel like they need to expand on that even if it's making a separate website entirely just a place where people can put their information down and have a conversation about it with those who really want to have those specific conversations it would be really nice to have that place seems like a rather daunting task to collect all that data right yeah so i don't know who's going to take it upon themselves to do so uh, that was um, not me volunteering by the way <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> you know, tim perhaps some people who Maybe they have a podcast and maybe they're looking to create content for gainers. Maybe, maybe that's something that they could put down on the to-do list. We can definitely look into that compiling, um, a sort of what internet history, because that's really all we can, unless you think we can track down some of the old, um, mimeographs from the girth and mirth society. I don't know if anyone out there listening has access to that or knows how to find it. I would hope people do, but I'm also thinking, you know, even something as simple as, you know, you could put together a gaining cookbook, you know, where it's, oh, okay. here are some simple recipes using cheap items that nobody in your household is going to question if you put them on the shopping list. You know, here are some simple snack items that have tons of calories in it, you know, and it's not necessarily a breakdown of the calorie listing on a McDonald's or a Wendy's website. It's going through a shopping list and saying, you can buy this at your local convenience store. You can buy this today and presenting people with the opportunity to make different decisions for their own gaining journey. 
Um, <clears throat> but I think not even just with recipes, but also with things like with the medical. Like, I think if someone who is a medical professional who knows, well, if you've got a long history of too much sodium in your diet, these tend to be the health issues that crop up and these are the symptoms. Creating a list of things for people to keep an eye out for, like if you love your sweets, keep an eye out for these changes with your urinating or with your sleep cycles or with the irritation and this and that. So that if there's the potential of diabetes on the horizon, you can mitigate that and we can, you know, just produce materials that help each other out. I don't know. I'd like to see something like that done. And if anyone is currently working on anything like that, please let us know. We'd love to have you on the podcast to talk about it. Um, but you know, that'll, that'll just remain a hope, uh, for the future in the meantime, uh, my delightful little puppy. Oh, oh, actually, do you know what question of you here? Mm -hmm. You're a pup. Your name is pup girl. Yeah. Where does, does, does the girl possibly come from a fantastic Nickelodeon show called Invader Zim by any chance? Oh, yes. 1000% yes. That was my favorite show growing up. Gur is just the epitome of what I want to embody and hope to embody as a puppy. Just chaos incarnate and playful and a little bit silly and kind of a little screw loose in there somewhere. I love that. I love that. I can just, <laughs> you know, and just like, mm -hmm. no, but of course I can't do it because I can't get the voice like to be squealy and high <laughs> like just. Oh my goodness. Listeners, if you've not seen Invaded Zim, you're missing out. That was a oh God. delightful yeah. period of the early 2000s. And, you know, not not to, to segue here, there were a couple of episodes where they depicted some morbidly obese people. And don't get me wrong, I don't think the depictions were flattering. <laughs> but I think by the time I watched those episodes, uh, the concept of like obesity being mm -hmm. a sexual thing was very much cemented in my mind. So I'm seeing like a mega obese man at a fast food chain covered in like food stains on his wife, be a singlet, sit down to a toilet, ready to have a heart attack. And I am touching myself to that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> dear God, yes. Cannot well, wait. I mean, whenever you see Gurr on that show, he's always got a pizza. He's got the taco hat on. He's, you know, he's snacking on something. He's making waffles, you know, so and snacking is a big part of that show. So, and in the movie, the, the main, so like there's a kid who knows that his next door neighbor is an alien and he's constantly trying to prove it to people. It was either the movie or like a spiritual successor season or something that they did where like the show had been off the air for a while and they brought it back for a minute. And then like, you see that human boy basically because no one believed him. He was just like holed up in his room, like eating and gorging himself. And so when he sees Zim out in the open, he's like mega obese on a scooter or something being like, no, stop. I've, I've got you now. And like his scooter is like cracking the pavement as it's like, yep. <laughs> get him. And Zim is just like casually walking away. Like don't have time for this. So yeah. Oh, that's such a, it's such a good show. I'm gonna have to go. I need to. I need to just buy all of the episodes so I can have them. You know, we talked about cartoons of the '90s, but I also think that you know, cartoons of the early 2000s deserve an honorable mention there as well. You know, uh, I think there was certainly a couple of episodes with things like Shaolin Showdown. 
uh, Two Angry Beavers, like like all all of those kinds of shows. I think uh, had had little moments too. So, you know. Well, I mean, Doug, my my name, oh my obviously. Yes. You're, you're Everyone like, always was like, "Oh my god, have you seen?" I'm like, "Yes, I've seen Doug." Like, I was oh. around for that. Oh, that's such a delicious scene. Like he's skinny and then takes his shirt off <laughs> immediately, like seven thousand pounds or something. Again, I've I've never seen it. I've never fantasized about it, and I've never like taken a shirt off in quick succession at the pool to try and magically make myself into a morbidly obese teenager. I've never, no, no, oh, never, no, 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 no. Never, never, never once done that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, here's a question for you. More, more on the feasibility side of things. Do you eat when you have your hood on? And if so, how do you do that? <laughs> well, I usually, if I'm going to eat with my hood on, it's something that's not going to get messy. It's something that is small enough to fit in the little gap underneath the muzzle so that I can actually, you know, get it fully into my mouth without making a mess all over the inside of my hood. Um, or I'll drink, like I'll chug, you know, boost is great when you're in a fucking hood. <laughs> okay. So if I were to refer to, you know, a, a, a mid two thousands film with a Canadian film icon, maybe her name's Jennifer Coolidge and maybe in the sequel of a fantastic film series, she sees her friend Elle Woods and she says something along the lines of, oh my God, Elle, you look like the 4th of July. Ah, you look like the 4th of July. Makes Makes me want a hot dog real real bad. So (laughs) is the hot dog the uh, the food of choice when you're in a pup hood? That seems like it would be. It would fit rather nicely into the mouth under the hood without getting too much residue I like, all over the muzzle. I like that. I feel like we need to film some content for an OnlyFans. Mm, it's just probably <laughs> it's me feeding you and it's like me in a lab coat and a pup hood. Like feeding you to, to like 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 testing out. <laughs> exactly. But because we can't use human talk, uh, you know, like the only thing on the chalkboard is just like rough symbols that we've written. And because I can't use my fingers to like tick anything, I've just <laughs> chalk dust on the end of a glove and I've just like punched the chalkboard. With your mitts on, just like trying to grab the chalk. Just, like, poof, poof. <laughs> just insert five minute comedy scene of me trying to grab the chalk. And you hear the human voice come through like, oh shit, goddamn. <laughs> if you want to see a room full of puppies go crazy, just pull out a, a box of Scooby Snacks. Wait, I, I've I've watched puppies go nuts the minute a handler's like, "Who wants the Scooby snacks?" And all of a sudden, Scooby all the puppies are. are... <laughs> what? No. Steve, yeah, yeah, they sell Scooby snacks yeah. as an actual snack item. It's like I would a, have like a graham cracker. Graham crackers, yeah. yeah, they're like Teddy Grahams. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a graham cracker before, but like, what's oh. what's what is? Oh, they're like digestives. Okay. Also, like, how big is a Scooby snack? Like, are we talking like a little? It's like about that big. Yeah. Like a little bite-sized little snack. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, I used to have them all the time when I was a kid. Still do, because they are delicious. I love the thought of a bunch of chubby puppies just like mouths open, like bellies bouncing off each other. They're all like trying to wiggle in to get close. Well, yeah, even Scooby Doo had the you know Shaggy and Scooby would eat so much that their stomachs were you know huge and distended. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. 
totally off topic, but like anytime I think of um, Scooby-Doo now, I think of a, a video that Nikita Dragon, the drag queen, did where she like cosplayed as Velma and she has her glasses on the floor and she's like, I can't find my glasses. And she's just like doing the splits, bending over <laughs> Shaking her ass like from inside the skirt, like, oh, glasses, oh, where are they? Velma is the unsung hero of that series. She is. Oh, mm. fully. Like, you don't need Daphne to be a distraction because you don't need a distraction. Exactly. Red to be a leader because it's all Velma's idea, anyways. And Shaggy and Scooby are just the comedy duo. But you remove Velma, they become the most useless collective of. Fuck nuggets. There is no plan. There is no success. In fact, they probably get done in by the masked man because they're like pesky kids in a van. Oh, this one's easy. Like drive them off a cliff. <laughs> so in in the live action Scooby Doo two, when Velma walks down those stairs in that orange like jumpsuit, just beautiful, beautiful. Oh, yes, Linda Cardinelli, and you know, funnily enough, because. In the Marvel Universe, she plays the wife of mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Our dear Hawkeye, yes. And, and we're back to Hawkeye, which is <laughs> more haggard-looking cousin. <laughs> do I really look like him? Do you think, Pup? Do you, do you think I look like Jeremy Actually, Renner? Because I don't think yeah, I do. Yeah, your eyes. No. Your it's eye shape. But also imagine Tim, like, as a heterosexual man, like, he spent every day of his life in the sun. Um, that's that's the kind of that then you get to the ballpark of jeremy renner but i liked him the way he is (laughs) absolutely we appreciate both that faced and all (laughs) that goddamn piece of shit put down the fork well you know in your case it's like put down the kibble and mitts (laughs) oh actually that would be a fun gainer themed like uh feeding like pup feeding video it's like you know the ones that they post those pets that are fat and they have to buy those like timed feeders and the pet like passes out on top of the timed feeder because they're just waiting to eat i love the thought of like a photo series of gainers just like slobbering <laughs> over <laughs> over waiting for their next meal just like oh. i don't think i've ever eaten with my hood on ever it's like the first hood that i owned um was the older model where you had to chomp down on this bit so you could make the mouth move right but you had this piece of felt in your mouth the whole time and you couldn't even talk unless you had to like <laughs> physically flip it up and you yeah. know start talking and then i got the kind where the muzzle unsnaps from yeah. the front but i i've never eaten anything i've gotten drunk plenty of times <laughs> in it but never ate anything in it. <laughs> there you go that's yeah. that's gain of content for thickums timothy give the people what they want what get drunk in my pup gear yeah, totally. Hey, it's fun. Puppy. I've done it. It's a fun time. Right, listen, because then, then you know what'll happen. I'll be like, oh, this thing's fucking hot. And I'll just be pulling off the hood, and then like, oh, this thing is fucking with me too. And I take off the harness, and I'll just be like aggravatingly stripping down. But well, again, what's wrong with that? Stripping down. <laughs> people will still pay to see the content. Here. Exactly. That's what they're paying to see. Is exactly. The they will buy you drinks just so that you will strip and get naked. They want that daddy dick action. That's what they want. <laughs> now, random question for you guys. We're pups, and puphoods more or less look the same, but, like, when you consider yourself, like, maybe in a furry context, like, if you were, like, a breed of dog, like, 
what breed of dog are you? I have discussed this with um, my other friends and my pup friends, as well as my gainer friends. I just, we talk about all, all sorts of stupid shit like this. And someone asked me, they're like, what kind of dog breed would you be? I'm like, Bernie's Mountain Dog. <laughs> A Bernie's Mountain Dog, 100%. Huge, dribbling. Fluffy, mm-hmm. just, yep. <laughs> But just that's what my boyfriend thinks I am too. He thinks that I'm a Burmese, but I think I'm a basset hound. <laughs> like I think I'm just that old ancient uh basset hound mm-hmm. on the steps of some like the dog home. and fox and the hound. Like, yeah, just that like that. Just be like, I you know, just too tired to be yep. bothered with anything. You know, <laughs> occasionally sniffs or whoops at something, but then goes right back to sleep. That's me. I like that. I'm definitely a chow chow. I am just, I'm average size, but I'm all fluff. I'm adorable and cuddly and I love belly rubs. Uh, And I'm just here to like be petted and like be sociable. I'm I'm here to chill. And if there are plentiful snacks, that's great. Because they're all for me. Yeah, I could see that fitting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Oh, I have a friend that, he thinks that he's a Dotson, but he's actually a Great Dane. So I make the joke all the time about how he's the ugly Dotson because that was the whole plot of that movie was like the Great Dane that thought he was a Dotson. He's like, why? I'm like, because you are very large and you are always trying to fit into spaces that are too small for you. That's so cute. I love the thought of that. Just like a gigantic puppy sitting on my lap being far too fucking big, but being like, I am a lap dog. I'm, that's that's me. I am lapdog. Yes. 90% of my body may not be seated on your body, but I am still a lapdog. I think my boyfriend is a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see that for Matt. I can see that for Matt. Oh, like, um, yeah, that's 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 you, honey. <laughs> yeah, my my partner is definitely an English bulldog. Oh, that's so cute. Because he's a bit slow moving, he's very cuddly, um, and that's kind of the end of the story. But still, like cute and endearing and lovely, like that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dog thoughts. Dogs. Dogs. Well, hang on. Do, do, do you own a dog? I don't currently. Luckily, my roommates do, so I get to play with their adorable dog every day. Um, growing up, had pets, had bird, dog, cat. Um, hopefully, in the future, when I get my own place, yes, I would love to have a dog. Ironically, a Burmese mountain dog is my favorite dog in the world, so I would love to have one. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Tim, you have a dog, don't you? Yeah, Matt and I have an old English bulldog. Oh, I love those. I I just love dogs. The drooliest, slobberiest, stinkiest, couch potato is dog you've ever met in your life. Like, I have to, I've told um, James these stories about like there are times when I'll have to interrupt something to go let the dog out. And if it's cold or it's wet, I literally have to throw him. off of the deck so he won't piss straight on the deck because that's what he wants to do he doesn't want to go onto the cement so i have to literally shove his ass onto the cement to get him to piss off and then i have to chase him into the grass to get him to take a shit 
the amount of times you've come back and you're like, God damn it, he took a shit on the driveway again. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd love to get a dog, and of course, I'd love to get a chow. I just think they're fluffy and adorable. That's what I want. Uh, my partner wants a Frenchie or a pug, and as much as I love all dogs, I I do feel an obligation to be like, oh, inbred to the point of it'll be dead in three years. Like it's not trying to be nasty, but I'm just like, you know, a conversation should be had about these things. Well, and... aren't they trying to fix pugs? I hope like so because I've never liked those dogs. Breed pugs I... back to having their snouts longer, so they have less issues breathing i think i heard that somewhere don't quote me uh i mean look fingers crossed viewers if you viewers listeners listeners if you if any of you are genetically able to do that do it save the pucks save the pugs save those poor bastards jesus christ <laughs> um but as much as i say oh i'd love a certain breed and all that i know in my heart the day that i'm ready to get a dog i'm gonna go down to the shelter and i'm going to just i'm, I'm gonna have to get two right i'm i want to get because first of all, they're going to need a friend, right? You can't just have them at home where they can't have a friend. You need one that is the oldest because I want to give it the last best years of its life. And then I also want to get a puppy because the puppy will bring the older dog back to life a bit. It'll give the dog a reason to teach it how to know what it knows. And it'll just be nice, I think, to have that kind of a pairing going on. And then I would just rinse, repeat. So as the dogs pass, the older ones, I would get the next oldest. And I would constantly want to be like, I just want to give these dogs a beautiful home for the last however long they've got, you know? And that's one of the most honorable things people can do. I've um, taken care of elderly dogs that my friends have had where I used to live. They had several dogs that... um, you know, aged up and eventually they had to, you know, we had to say goodbye to them, but taking care of them is one of the nicest things you can do. Giving them those good last years is the nicest thing you can do. So I would honestly, I would probably do the same thing. I would go to a shelter, get a dog that isn't a puppy because everyone wants the puppies. The puppies always go first. And then there's these older dogs that are stuck in the shelters that don't usually end up getting a home and a lot of times they end up being euthanized unfortunately mm. that's always heartbreaking to me I, mm-hmm. especially and it's happened so much with covid it seems people mm. bought lockdown dogs and then people have to start going back to work and they just right. them up and i don't I, I i personally don't connect with the mentality of someone who can be so careless with that kind of decision making it's a life yeah you know like i don't care about your shitty fucking child but i didn't go in the blender because it started crying you know what i mean (laughs) like i didn't drown it in the bathtub as much as i wanted to like Mm. you have to raise it and do the right thing by it god damn it but back on the topic of the pup stuff it's right (laughs) but i think that was a nice segue um how can one go about learning more about and getting involved in the pup community ask just if you you know if you either know someone or know of someone that you think you might be able to learn something from reach out like if anyone wants to reach out to me and just ask some questions feel free please i would love to talk to you about pup stuff anything really i i enjoy talking with people um 
but I think you just need to ask. It's the same thing with um, like in the leather community, we need to build a community where people can talk to each other openly and ask questions without judgment or, you know, fear of being looked down on for not knowing something. Like, I don't know everything, but I will help you as much as I can. If someone reaches out to me, I usually will respond unless it's something like asking to immediately see a picture that they want me to take for them. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I like that. And as last question here, what can the gaming community learn from the pup community? Don't take shit so seriously, first of all. Enjoy yourself while you can. Don't rush. Just kind of relax. Have fun. Be a puppy. <laughs> I like that. Nice and simple. What do you think, Tim? What do, what do you think the gainer community can learn from the pup community? I think I could learn to take some chances once in a while, to put yourself out there, to be vulnerable, to just, you know, be around new people. And because... Like I said, no matter how shy you might be in your your normal like contextual life, like once you're in a in a safe space, in a good headspace around other people who are in a good headspace like that, you, I mean, doors just open for you. You make amazing friends. You know, you you meet people from all walks of life. I wish the gainer community would just take some chances. Just go out, meet, talk something are you gonna go nuts <laughs> yeah i think after the last two years now we need to definitely get out there more i like that and i think all of that is perfectly reasonable so listeners there you go that's your challenge for 2022 and for life moving forward take more chances don't take stuff too seriously and uh buy a neoprene hood and eat a hot dog uh <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge here telling you to eat a hot dog real bad. Uh, but Doug, thank you so much for being here. This has been an absolute pleasure and a delight. Thank you so, so much. Thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. Where can people find you online? Well, you can mostly find me on Instagram. That's where I'm usually hanging out. Uh, it's just pup.ger on Instagram. Um, I am on Grommer sometimes if you catch me. It's uh, just muscle pup gains on there, gains with a Z. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And feel free to reach out and ask me questions if you just want to chat about pup stuff or any stuff, really just message me. I love it. Well, that's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars and leave a good review. If you like this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. As always, you can find me on Grommer, Instagram and TikTok at Stanham, and Twitter and YouTube at StanhamG. And you can find me on Grommer as Orpheus. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Mouse. And of course, you can find more of what we've talked about today on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Patreon at Thick Radio. So until next time... Bye, fats. Bye, fats. Let's talk about it. Dick Radio is a Patreon and Enter App podcast.
produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next time, Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky Two. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Cream.